When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Can you answer me a question honestly? Okay, go on. That opal fruit you gave me just before we started recording. Yeah. Where had it been? Bottom of my bag. Honestly. Bottom of my bag. Yeah, why? Why why'd you ask? It was it was very squidgy, like it had been somewhere very hot and oh. personal. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Bottom of my bag. Okay. Sorry, was it squished? Yeah, it wasn't great. Yeah. Did you eat it? Yeah, oh, it's, it's just it, it wasn't it didn't hold its shape. No, I mean, been there since 1983. So, <laughs> what did you expect? In America, I think Starburst, as of course they're now called, um, has gelatin in it, but it doesn't over here. So, they're vegetarian no. here in the UK, but mm. not strictly vegetarian in the States mm. because Americans like to eat candy that was once an animal. I don't think that's why. I think there's probably <laughs> other reasons. <laughs> I once heard an old lady say, um, she. She, she liked meat on a plate. She couldn't be doing with just vegetables because she likes to eat something that had looked over a hedge. No. Yeah. That's an insane reasoning. <laughs> that makes no sense. Um, so, so hello. I, I want to start this week's episode with a boast. Oh, okay. And it's a boast about my wife, who I am aware that last week I spent a little bit of time whinging about her. So this goes somewhere to redress the balance, okay. I think. Okay, okay. But my wife went for her physical. You know, the GP gives you a physical once you're over 40. Right. And they told her her heart age, mm. 36. And how old is she? 41. That's excellent. So great. Excellent, excellent. So great. Mm. Do you feel like you're dating a 36 Yes, heart? exactly that. And yeah. I'm not one of those people. No. You know, um, I, I think that can often look a bit tragic when you see some middle-aged actor with somebody half their age. But I am getting a kick out of the fact that my wife's heart age is only 36, especially when you consider that with my level of physical activity and diet, mine is probably closer to 60. Wow, so you really are going like I'm like Hugh Hefner. You are. Nice. That's my little boast out of the way. Um, What can I tell you about this week? Now that autumn has turned... To late autumn. <laughs> right, yeah. Are we not in winter yet? When is it winter? I don't know. It must be almost now, mustn't it? Yeah, it feels like it. 
It People is, are putting up their Christmas trees. How can it not be winter? I know, but there's other stuff going on where people are doing that. Oh, they've had a. Do you not think man. anyone who's putting up their Christmas tree? They've had a rough year. That's that's what it's saying. Okay, okay. They're struggling to deal with it all, mm. and that's just a, wishing it away. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or just trying to bring a bit of joy in. I don't judge it, but no. I can tell there's something going on. Okay. Um, so d- just to answer your question, it's it's difficult because you feel like it should go uh, summer. Is June, July, August, mm. September, October, November, or autumn, mm. December, January, and February, a winter. Okay. And then March, April, and May, a spring. Actually, I like that. Why, why are we arguing? The only one, <laughs> the only one I'm not entirely sure about is autumn being September. Of course, that's called cool. September's autumn. You think it's September is summer? I think the end of September. This is where, where I think it gets difficult. I think really to, to, to you'd have to make it from the 20th of each of those months. This is my point. Yeah, yeah. Really. Yeah, I see your point. Um, so I, I don't think it follows. Anyway, why am I talking about this? <laughs> the reason I'm talking about this is I, I spend a lot of time in my bedroom. Mm-hmm. It's where I am. Often, even if I'm not in the depths of a depression, I will spend time in the bedroom because it's comfortable and there's a nice tree out the window and there's nice light in there. And I will sit on or in my bed with my laptop doing work. Right. And just out of the window, there is a big, beautiful tree. Mm-hmm. So I, I look out and I see green for most of the year. However, it's now late autumn and all the leaves have fallen from the tree. Mm-hmm. which it makes it a less pleasant view. But what I'd not realised up until this year, it also means that the people in the house opposite can see in. Right, okay. Furthermore, because of COVID and lockdown, the woman who lives in the opposite house seems to have set up some kind of office on the first floor, directly opposite. Mm. Mm. So the other thing about me is I'm I'm often a nudie doody around the house. Right. I mean sometimes dressing gown as discussed, rarely belted. But <laughs> Okay. But, cash, just yeah. on, on the show. Yeah, this, yeah. Right? Um But what I've come to realise is that when I open the blind in the morning mm. and she's in that home office, it's like a horrifying version of naked attraction for her even if naked attraction wasn't horrifying enough yeah do you ever watch that show i've seen it once so you know what i mean yeah they, they reveal people slowly yeah yeah from the feet up yeah yeah and that is in essence she's not seen my feet mm. but she basically sees my thighs <laughs> and then it creeps higher and creeps it creeps higher <laughs> i mean she'd have to have pretty good eyesight yeah or feel gla- opera glasses something so you'd like that. be you're happy to be naked at the window, are you? So so I, because the window I never think of as being overlooked. Right. Mm, you wouldn't think, what if somebody was walking and could look up? They, and... the, the angle isn't, the, yeah, the angle isn't right. The okay. angle isn't right. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So I have noticed that she's now sort of sitting side on to the window rather than looking directly out of it. <laughs> and then she's put her black blinds. <laughs> Oh, poor woman. Yeah, it's not nice. It's not nice. Um, Here's another thing about that whole situation. Mm -hmm. So aside from my nakedness, Sarah thinks 
there's some shame in the fact that she, the meaning the woman opposite, can see how much time we spend in pyjamas slash dressing gowns generally. Because oh. if neither of us have got anywhere to be of a day, um, you know, I'm I'm probably not getting dressed at all, and Sarah can go almost to lunchtime. But why is it shameful? This is what I don't understand. I don't attach I mean, any it is. shame to it. it but, is. but I don't why? attach any shame to it. I don't care. I don't care if the woman knows that I do most of my work just sitting in bed, mm. like Brian Wilson, mm. or maybe not Brian Wilson because there was a breakdown involved. John Lennon when he was doing his whole peace thing. Yeah. I mean, Sarah won't often join me and do her work in the bed. It's not like a John and Yoko situation. <laughs> right, right. She's usually downstairs working on a laptop. What does it matter, really? It doesn't matter. And and Sarah also has the shame thing. So, you know, she's a stand-up comedian and she can't do stand-up comedy at the moment because of lockdown. Mm. So part of what she's doing to feel like she's keeping herself busy is watching some of the masters of stand-up comedy, like Chris Rock or Jerry Seinfeld or whoever, watching their stand-up specials. Mm. And she feels it is shameful that this woman can see in that the television's on during the day. Oh, yeah, yeah. Why? Are you getting pizzas delivered as well? Because like that, <laughs> that for me is like one of the old, like daytime pizza deliveries. Like from, I'm, I'm sorry if that sounds judgmental, but <laughs> I do feel like we had a situation. Pizza. We had a situation the day before yesterday where the delivery driver turned up. It, admittedly, this was in the evening with Sarah's food. And as they were... Sort of walking away from the front door, the another delivery driver turned up with my food because we didn't want to order from the same place, but we no. both wanted food what, delivery. What must have they thought? I know. But why is it shameful to watch? What if if it was shameful to have TV on during the day? Why would things like Lorraine or Loose Women or Homes Under the Hammer exist? It's okay to have the TV on during the day. If you're not, why why? Why is there a value judgment attached to switching the TV on before six o'clock? There is. And there I don't feel be. it. I don't feel it. I, I feel if I put the TV on during the day, I feel guilty. Why I have though? to turn it off again. I just feel too guilty. I thought you were always watching Murder, She Wrote during the day. About 15 years ago when we were doing a late night show. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> no. So even then, 15 years ago, when doing that late night show, would you feel in some way grubby or icky for having the TV on during no, the day? No, because I used to watch Deal or No Deal before I went into work. So I, I think I would justify, if I worked, and when we did the breakfast show as well, if, I, if you work odd hours, you can do what you please. But if you don't, then I think you feel a bit guilty. But you, you shouldn't, probably shouldn't do. What my boyfriend does is um, so he works from home all the time and I think he must feel some shame about being in his pyjamas all day. So what he does is he puts... <laughs> a tie on. <laughs> Nearly as bad. He puts a bowler his... hat. <laughs> so he leaves his pyjamas on and then over the top he just puts his everyday clothes on and then at night he just takes off his everyday clothes and just gets back into bed again. So it doesn't ever it doesn't ever take his pajamas off. He just has them on underneath. Isn't he uncomfortably hot all the time? And isn't his movement restricted? No, you've by you've been in our house. It's very cold. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a warmth issue. Come to think, yeah, of it. probably. <laughs> what else from this week? Oh, hmm? our cleaner started showing us pictures on her phone of her hobby. Oh yeah. And it's some kind of crochet, but with like a kind of rattan-like material. So she would 
crochet a coaster, for example, oh. out of like a basket type of material. Is, this, is that called macrame or something like that? Maybe that it right? is. I don't know. Maybe it is. I don't know. If anybody ever shows you one of their creative endeavours, what do you do? Say so that is very, very good. Are you thinking about selling it? And I was so enthusiastic mm. that I'm now worried. Uh-oh. <laughs> What if she gifts me one of her items? Because then you have to remember to get it out every time she comes around. Yes. But it puts the coaster on and the table. And she comes once a week. Yeah, exactly. Oh, the effort. It's exactly. exhausting. Because usually if somebody gives you a gift and you think, well, they might come around in a month, you can hide it in your kids' room yeah. until they come around. What am I supposed to do now? This is an exhausting thought. You have to say something like, oh, if only I liked coasters. No, <laughs> rubbish you've got coasters it's terrible i'm sorry it's terrible just you just have to tone down so yeah they're all right i suppose i could just change the locks change the locks yeah. and ghost her yeah <laughs> I there, think you that, go. there we go stories from drifters first one's from alice Pre-COVID, I was sitting on the bus, gazing out of the window. I noticed how high the river was, so I started talking about it to my husband. However, after a bit, I remembered that my husband wasn't there and I was talking to an unknown man beside me. In a panic, I said, oh, I'm so sorry, I forgot you weren't my husband. Ha ha, that's OK, he said. Then he got his phone out and stared at it intensely. He did a lot of typing, probably telling his friends about a nutter on the bus. Then he got off the bus at the next stop. It was excruciating and I wanted to slide under my seat and die. (laughs) And this is from Rosie, who has not one, but three stories for us. Great. I've been a drifter from a very young age. So many of my painful memories are just so nothingy when I write them down, but the embarrassment that came from them was so, so real. One time, I must have been around eight, we were in a small shop and I found a book I wanted to buy. I asked my mum and she told me if I wanted it, I would have to ask the shopkeeper the price. Even now typing this, I am sweating. How is that so difficult? But it was. So clearly I really wanted the book because I did pluck up the courage to ask very meekly the price. The lady said, I can barely type it. She said something along the lines of, it's not for sale. You took that from the collection box for poor children in Africa. What? I was so embarrassed. Oh God, I don't even oh know God. why, but I can remember feeling so hot and prickly and I wanted to cry. I put the book back and basically hid until my mum was ready to leave. Now, this shop was in our local town and mum went in there regularly. Every time I had to go in with her after the experience, <laughs> I just felt so awful. I would just stand and look at the floor until mum was ready to go. I was so, so, so thrilled when it eventually closed down a few years later. (laughs) Now it's an entirely different shop, a betting shop, which I have no interest in at all. But yep, I still get the prickly feeling whenever I walk past it over 20 years later. Oh, it's so great that that charity shop is no longer there (laughs) raising money for poor children. Yeah, yeah. And instead people can go and gamble. (laughs) Yep, yep. So you wait on the riverbanks long enough. <laughs> um, right. Exactly. In a very, and this is the second one, in a very undriftery moment, I remember very vividly being on the London Underground at rush hour with my family. 
I was obsessed with the song Barbie Girl, so I was singing it over and over and over and over. I remember a fellow passenger correcting my lyrics at least once. (laughs) But thinking back to my, what, maybe six-year-old self, I was singing at the top of my voice in a crowded train of commuters. What the hell was I thinking? And when I remember one of the lines is, you can touch me anywhere, what were my parents thinking? (laughs) Anyway, at the time I was clearly unperturbed, but now, thinking about it, I just die a little inside every time. Final story. We moved house recently to a lovely little cottage down a long drive in the middle of nowhere, apart from the six houses which are down the same lane. I'll say right now, I hate neighbours. I hate the weird small talk, the awkward encounters at the car, the whole parcel passing on nightmare, the having to remember their names, etc. But what I hate most is the new WhatsApp group. My husband Jim was added pretty quickly and I was hoping to have got away with it until he suggested to the group admin that she added me. Thanks, Jim. (laughs) So now I'm in an awkward WhatsApp group, muted it, obviously. No problem done. At this point, I should bring my piano into the story. I haven't been able to have it at home for six years because the place has been too small or up awkward stairs. But finally, we are living in a place where it's been able to come out of storage. So I was kind of obsessed with it. I've always played since I was a child into the small hours of the night. I'm a night owl and I enjoyed the privacy and lack of distraction. Nobody ever complained growing up. Not even my family, who are obviously in the same building as me, or our neighbours, who, believe me, complained about anything and everything else. (laughs) So as soon as we moved, I was back to my old ways, practising late into the night. I appreciate many of you will probably be cursing my name right now, but in my defence, the piano is not on a connection wall. In fact, it is at the end of the house that backs onto a large garage and faced out onto the fields. I genuinely thought no one could hear. Until one night at around 11pm, I checked my phone and there were about 30 messages on the WhatsApp group. Safe to say I was not popular. Our closest neighbour told everyone if the playing didn't stop soon, he would need someone to call an ambulance. (laughs) Bear in mind, I have not yet met most of these people face to face thanks to COVID. Also, I've never yet said anything on this WhatsApp group. So I apologised and obviously stopped playing. The real kicker, we are tied into this house for a year. So I have to live with these people for at least a year. I see most of them multiple times a day. And although they all seem friendly enough, I will forever be awkward. What's worse, it has now become a running joke. I will forever be known as the annoying local pianist. (laughs) And now I can't play my beloved piano without regular waves of shame. Can't you put that middle pedal in? Middle, oh, does that soften it, does it? And everyone, yeah, yeah. You, you, you see, there's the, the regular one on the right, which makes it a bit sort of echoey, and the one on the left, which makes it a bit dampy. But there's one in the middle where it's like um, turning the volume down on oh, it. Oh, right. I didn't know I'm sure it. she would have thought of that. I'm sure. They don't all have them. Oh, okay. I'm sure you could not one up, though. Oh, How hard could it oh, be? Oh, God, it must be easy. Yeah, yeah. do it yourself. Just get a pedal off an old bike, <laughs> a pillow. Yeah. And then rig them up. Strings. Just rig it up. String, yeah. pillow. Rig it up with strings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, please send us your stories uh, of, of awkwardness. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Hamble. Yes. I'm ready. I'm ready for another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult. Okay. So Sunday morning, Tom got up with our son. I had a bit of a lie-in until... 7.45. I know, what a line. I felt like Princess Margaret. It was incredible. <laughs> what time does, what time did Rudy wake up? Uh, I don't know, like 6.30. Okay, so Tom 
Let you lie in for how, how long? An hour and a quarter. No, yeah, I've got up of my own accord. I've, oh, okay, I've okay, okay, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Thumbs up. Okay. So at 7.45, I went into the kitchen and Tom was making a cheese sandwich. And I thought that was a bit weird as it was clearly for our son because he was cutting the crusts off, but he wouldn't normally have a cheese sandwich for breakfast. So I said, Tom, what are you doing? And he looked at me and he said, a little bit tersely, like maybe 8% terse. <laughs> I'm doing Rudy's lunchbox for preschool. And I had to say to him gently, Tom, it's Sunday. And he looked so confused. I felt like it was an insight into what life will be like for us in about 40 years' time, apart from Marby the confused one making Rudy's preschool sandwiches. And it reminded me of two occasions, one involving me and one involving my dad. So back in the days when I was doing a paper round, of which there were many, many days, days, in fact, 2,190 days, because I did one for six years, seven days a week, 12 years old to 18, bit weird, I know. I used to get up at 6.30 every morning, although on Saturdays it was 7 o'clock and on Sundays it was 7.30, so I did used to get a big line at the weekends. One morning I got up, got dressed, got my paper bag to leave, was about to leave when I caught sight of the kitchen clock and it was one in the morning. <laughs> I always wonder why I got up without my alarm going off, like I must have dreamed it going off or something. I did once wake up in the middle of the night to find myself in the shower in the middle of washing my hair I was very confused and I was still wearing my nighty, So I took it off and then carried on washing my hair before properly coming to <laughs> and then getting out and going back to bed. And I would have assumed it was a dream in the morning, but my hair was wet and wrapped in a towel when I woke up. So it couldn't have been. <laughs> my dad's story. When he was younger, he was into running. So he ran London Marathon and then he fancied the New York one. So he joined a tour group to New York that gave him entry into this marathon. When he arrived in New York, he was assigned a hotel roommate who was a man called Brian, who was a security guard who had run 53 marathons to my dad's one. As my dad tells it, the moment they found this out, they started laughing and they never stopped. (laughs) (laughs) So they were sharing a hotel room and the next morning they were both going on an all day tour of New York before the marathon marathon was in a few days time my dad said to brian that he'd set his alarm for 7 a.m so they'd have time for breakfast beforehand so the next day my dad woke up had a quick look at his watch and saw it was 10 past seven so he woke up brian and said i'm terribly sorry my alarm didn't go off it's 10 past seven would you like to get in the shower first brian says yep great thanks very much so my dad is lying in bed waiting for his turn and he could hear the sound of brian showering away when he was struck by how quiet everything was and how dark it still was. And he, he, looked, at the clock on the, he looked at the clock on the TV and it was, in fact, ten past two in the morning and he'd forgotten to change the time on his watch. And he then had to go to the bathroom where Brian was inside showering at two in the morning, knock on the door and say, terribly sorry, Brian, it's ten past two. Now, <laughs> to Brian's credit, he started laughing. Of course, I'm not he sure probably I... only just stopped laughing. From... <laughs> I'm not sure I could have knocked on that door though. I think that if I'd been in my dad's shoes, I'd have looked at my watch, looked at the clock on the TV, realised my mistake. I would have quietly packed my bags, <laughs> left the room, leaving all my bit like bathroom bits in the bathroom, taken a taxi to the airport and gone home <laughs> rather than knock on that door and tell Brian, who was in the shower, <laughs> that it was two in the morning. 
Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. is an occasional and yet still quite serious problem for me mm. i'm one of these people who's always got a tune in his head and i'm often dirring or singing to myself or whistling or so on mm-hmm. N- not just around the house I'll, I'll i know it's annoying but i think i'm sometimes whistling in the street or if i'm in the queue to pick my son up from school for example a tune that I recently found myself whistling probably for a couple of minutes before I stopped myself, and it isn't the first time it's happened. It happens with some regularity. It's the Jim will fix it theme tune. Oh, you can't be doing that now. It's so it's such a great I think it was voted one of the greatest theme songs of all time. Not recently, right? No, no, no admit checking. admittedly, yeah. you know, before we mm. knew what we know now. Mm. But it's not it's not the guy who wrote the theme music's fault. No, this is true. It's sad, yeah, but and and it's just a bit of music that's stuck in my head. Mm. So I'll sort of be whistling the intro to myself and be enjoying this fun little tune, and then I'll get to the bit which has the name in it, and I'll realise what I'm whistling. Mm, mm, mm. I think it especially isn't great when I'm in the school queue. Especially not, no. I just really wish, and I don't think it can happen, but I wish they would do a reboot of that show with somebody else hosting it. With the same theme with music. With the same theme music. It's never going to happen. There must be someone. What if, what if David Attenborough took it over? <laughs> this is an extremely unlikely chain of events. I was just thinking, who, who is the person mm. who, who could cleanse it, could redeem it? Absolve it, but but you now you have to ask yourself: Would he want to? I don't think so. No. It doesn't seem to be his bag, really. I've never no. seen him with a cigar. <laughs> no, no, that's I, crucial. Yeah, bit, yeah, yeah. Um, it's really not good. I really feel for the guy who who wrote it, David Mindell. <laughs> Did you just Google that? No, I googled it the other day oh, when right. I was. He's. Uh, what else has he done? Well, funny you should ask. Mm. He um, he was in a band with Radio One DJ Mike Reed. Before he was a Radio 1 DJ, the band was called Esprit de Corp, but they didn't have any uh, any hits. I think they had a couple of flops. Um, and then he wrote some Olivia Newton-John Eurovision Song Contest entry. Uh, he wrote another Eurovision Song Contest entry. And then he sort of went on to write jingles mm. for adverts, um, things like Dr Pepper, Kellogg's, KFC, KP Nuts, amongst others. But this is where it gets interesting. Yeah. He Oh, he married one of Pan's people. Oh, okay. But that's not where it gets interesting. Right. Where it gets interesting is he, he did a bunch of TV themes. So do you want to hear the list? Yeah, go on. The current theme, so as, as in still running themes for the National Lottery and Euro Millions. Oh, so this is recent. Yeah. But then, 
you know, historically challenge Annika, the district nurse, oh. Rory Bremner, who else? Coogan's Run. But none of them are as good, are they? I was just thinking. I know, I know. I feel bad saying it. But I know. His best work. Was that. Yeah, and and that we can never, awful. you know, it can never be aired again. No. He will never receive another penny in royalties for that because of the association. Mm-mm. How can I stop myself from whistling it? You need to get an elastic band around your wrist. Every time you start, you ping yourself really hard. <laughs> and then it's some kind of like conditioning that will stop you from doing it. Well, who's that really extreme sect of Catholics that they wrote about in the Da Vinci Code who had spikes sticking into their sides? Yeah, very, yeah, you can do that as well. <laughs> I could do that. <laughs> I think you should. <laughs> I mutilate myself every time I found myself whistling yeah, it. Yeah. Um, what else did I want to tell you about? Oh, I saw something in the news that I wanted to tell you about. Oh, yeah, go on. This was a headline in the Daily Mail. Mm-hmm. Hearsay in talks for a reunion tour to mark the 20th anniversary. Oh, finally. Of? Of pop, 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 pop stars. stars, yeah. Arrive. No, pop stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, although the headline continues, potentially without Mylene Class as the time isn't right for her. What I was going to say. <laughs> Highly unlikely that she'd be involved. I'm, I'm guessing <laughs> Danny, right Danny and the other one, they, the time probably is right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, she's basically saying that I'm not dead, but saying the time isn't right for me. It means that t- things are going fine for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they haven't actually like given a time, but no. whatever time that is, it's not the right time. Yeah. Um, they reportedly set up a group WhatsApp group. Um, Who's but- the other girl? Suzanne Shaw, Mylene Class. Oh, Kim. Yeah, didn't she go on Coronation yeah, Street? Yeah, yeah. Kim something. Kim. Yeah. Marsh, Kim Marsh. Mylene Class has a very lucrative career arriving at the studios of Global Radio and being photographed. Oh, right. That's a job, is it? It seems to be. <laughs> right, right. Very busy. So, so I think she does a show on like Classic FM or Smooth FM or one of those ones. Mm. But every week in on the Mail Online, it's... A paparazzi in inverted commas photo mm. of Mylene Class arriving at the Global Radio Studios, right, right. Which leads me to think that maybe, just maybe, part of her contract with Global Radio is that they have a photographer mm. who whose job it is is to take pictures of their more attractive, invariably female presenters arriving at their studios and then give them to the mail online in return for having a mention but you had that right (laughs) somebody found um somebody sent me a paparazzi picture of me and admittedly i was not the person who was being photographed i was with the person who was being photographed i've just realized i've launched into the story and i can't finish it um I have to leave this story there, unfortunately. I'll tell you. Sorry to be frustrating listeners. Um, But, you know, the the reason I bring this news story about hearsay up is, of of course, um, will will you be going? Oh, God. (laughs) Do you have to bring this up? (laughs) I mean, surely as soon as you heard me say the name hearsay, this is what you thought. I didn't. It wasn't until you, you looked at me with that look. Of naughtiness in your eyes. I well, when like, I said oh. the twentieth anniversary of, right. I was hoping. <laughs> oh yeah, all right. Oh god. Because you saw them. Yeah. I mean, not quite twenty years ago. I would say it was more like nineteen years and ten months ago that September you saw them. September the eleventh. Which year? Two thousand and one. Right. It was the day of nine eleven. 
Look, I had tickets. I didn't even buy them. Like someone got them because, from their no, dad I, for a joke. No, I know, I know. But like, if you hadn't gone, that would have been letting Al Qaeda win. I, ha- I had a decision to make. Yeah. I thought, do I stay at home or do I just go anyway? Anyway, I went anyway, and you'd be mm. glad to know we had a two minute silence, which wasn't that silent because most of the people there, at average age, <laughs> were about eight. <laughs> I'm mostly just asking for more Haribo. And they didn't want to think about the, you know, they didn't want to think about the atrocities. (laughs) Eight-year-olds. Yeah. What I'm fascinated by, and it it really predates really people having videos at gigs and things, camera Mm. phones and, and what have you. I would really love to know how Hearsay both got into and out of that silence. Oh, I remember uh, it was, I think, Kim Marsh did a little sort of head bowed kind of like little speech. About- so, so how do you think that came about? Do you oh, think right. so? Was that the hierarchy in the group that she was the leader? So the duty fell to her. Do you think they drew store- straws? Well, it was never. And she got be the short one. It, so <laughs> I think it was always going to be her or Mylene, wasn't it? I don't know. Yeah. I would have thought Mylene just because. She was so refined with the love of playing classical piano. Yeah, maybe it was Miley. No, but I think it was Kim. I mean, if there was anyone else there that day who wants to admit they were also there, you know, please, please help me out with this. But I think it was Kim and she and she and then I think they launched straight from that into Pure and Simple. No, I, don't, I, don't. I think they just, I know. And then Kim did a slow song. That slow was, song yeah, transition yeah, yeah, out. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I still wish I could have seen it, though. Mm. I mean, it might have been sensitively handled. I find it difficult to imagine that it was, though. It could have been worse. Was How was it for you? You'd been enjoying the Hearsay concert and then they mentioned... Because what I remember about that day is it, it sort of felt like, is this it? Is Western uh, civilization? Is it all coming down? Yeah, yeah. But you managed to put that to one side. I just got to carry on, haven't you? Who did you go with? A couple of friends. Have you talked to them about it subsequently? No, you never be. spoken to either of them well, since. Actually, I don't think you all <laughs> went your separate ways that night. <laughs> You've disgusted by what you did. You should get back together 20 years later. You should. Yeah. Here's what you should do next year. You should get them back together mm. and uh, do a podcast. Yes. It should be 10 weeks, the mm. 10 episodes, mm. and each week. In fact, you should get the set list. Yeah. And each week you should talk through how that un- evening unfolded. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm going to do it. And then try and get... I'm just looking at a picture of them now. Not Mylene. Obviously, we know she's... Uh, it's not It's not the right time for her. No, no, she was not the right I think you might struggle for Kim, mm. but I don't even know what that one's called. Noel, is it? No, yeah, Noel. Yeah, he can't be doing much now. Yeah. Okay. There's a special guest. Yeah. Okay. So if he remembers it. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to know their memories of that night. Where? What was the venue? It was um, Excel. The Excel? Which is a huge, huge... Olympia, what's yeah, it called? Uh, the ah, Excel Centre. Yeah, it was yeah. there. Yeah. In, in, in the Docklands. Massive yeah. venue. So for them, it, it would have been some kind of career high at that point. Maybe, maybe a, a, it should have been a, a career high. Mm-mm. And yet they had to handle world events for which they were perhaps a little out of their depth. Yeah, oh yeah. At the time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'd love to time travel. <laughs> is, there, is there nothing online? I mean, I'm sure you've looked. There's nothing online, like there's nowhere you can watch it or anything? I just don't, I don't think there were camera phones then. No. So it would be contingent on somebody having taken a video camera yeah, yeah. to hearsay mm. and 
that sort of thing was frowned upon, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And and then had having it. had the nous to upload it to the internet many years later, you'll have to just imagine the beauty. Of I've what imagined Kim it a lot. I've imagined night. it a lot over the years. Right, right. Well, maybe, maybe if they do go on tour without Mylene. Mm. Things must be going really well. Well, I was going to say things must be going really well for her if she can t- turn down a tour, but I'm imagining they won't be playing at the XL Centre this no, time round. No, I don't think so, no, no. <laughs> I told you I once saw Bucks Fizz. I'd, I'd been in a pub, and unbeknownst to me, Bucks Fizz were playing in the upstairs function room, and I saw them at the end of the night, all four of them, get into a little two-door car and drive off. Oh, really? And this is post-Eurovision? Yeah, this was in the 90s. Oh, right, right. You know, so I'm imagining us. That that was only ten years after the height of the fame, Mm-mm. and I mean, it was quite a different lineup to the one. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if there was an original member of Bucks Fears at that point, or if it was just the brand. Yes. Anyway, um, so you got your podcast idea there. <laughs> thanks. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I'll get back to you on that. Yeah. And and if those tickets do go on sale, I know what I'm getting you for Christmas. Thanks. Wondery Corner at the Glap Clinic here in Problematic. Annabelle. Yes. Who's first, first one, one from? First one. Yeah, let's hear it. First one. Number Richard. one. Numero uno. R- R- Richard. I write this afternoon seeking advice on the most tiny of minor injustices. The other day, my housemate asked if I could borrow if I could borrow one of my tins of tomatoes for his house meal. So he wanted to borrow them, which he was cooking that evening, promising he would replace it. As it happened, I'd been tempted when in the supermarket last and I'd plumped for a fancy and more expensive brand. The next day, following an admittedly rather tasty meal of vegetarian bolognese, he ventured to the shops. On return from my evening walk, fewer scandalous activities than in Jeff's Cemetery, <laughs> I saw a supermarket's own brand basic tin of chopped tomatoes awaiting me on the kitchen side. Now, in my mind, this isn't really a like-for-like replacement, although I'm not really bothered about the price of it. Mm. It feels more like the principle at play here. Now, naturally, I didn't say anything about this at all, wanting to keep the housemate at peace and not wanting to appear overly obsessed with my tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> But was there anything I should have done or should do in the future? Happy cooking, Richard. And let, let me get, I think, so he's saying that he got to eat, following me, he, did, he got to eat it as well. Hmm. So we got to eat the tomatoes. Yeah, but if you buy a, a tin of tomatoes hmm. and then you eat a portion of a meal made with those tomatoes yeah. that somebody else has made and fed people you weren't going to feed in the first place yeah i suppose you're only getting i don't know how many people live in the house but let's say it's four it's 25 percent of the tomatoes you would have been eating otherwise yeah, yeah. i'm imagining richard slice of toast tomatoes <laughs> plopped on them right right so or maybe maybe nice. making some bruschetta i don't i don't i don't know by i don't know i mean i genuinely don't know i'd need to do a blind taste test but i'm not sure that Tin tomatoes are the thing worth spending the extra money on. Oh, I I think I disagree. Really, it can be quite watery and lacking in. Fl- I mean, I okay. tend to go for the cheaper ones, but they but the, the fancier ones. They so can so be I go the other nicer. way around. I I just buy the fancier ones because I think oh these most 
must be better. So my food will taste better. Yeah, and and then I just think oh, it just tastes like tinned tomatoes. No, the, the very cheap ones are very are quite watery. Oh, okay. There is a difference in quality. Okay. okay. Although if I went on Eat Well for Less, I might be proven wrong. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, how do we handle this situation then? I sort of think it's annoying. He should have. He should have. He's in the wrong. He should have put but put back the the nice fancy brand. Yes. But you're living with this guy. Mm. We're talking about the difference of maximum fifty p, probably a lot less. Mm. Of course, you're not going to mention it for the sake. But of it, I, I don't think it's about the money. It's about so whatever. So so presuming that you and Richard are right about the taste difference mm. between the nasty tomatoes and the fancy tomatoes. Mm. Richard at some point was going to make himself a meal and he was really looking forward to the taste of tomato, the tomatoes in that meal. Mm, mm. And now he's going to get a rubbishy, watery version, according to you. Yeah, yeah. I think the rule should be like for like. If not, you get two cheap ones for one fancy one. But how, do, but how is this communicated? This is the question, isn't it? Can it? Is there a way what of... What do you mean commu- that everyone doesn't listen to this? <laughs> what do you mean? Does it need to be communicated? Does Hasma will hear this? He's, he's definitely in the right. There's, there's no question. Yeah. But Can he say anything? The answer is no. Can't, you can't possibly say anything without looking incredibly pedantic. How could you possibly say, oh, thanks, thanks for um, getting me the tomatoes. So you got the cheaper ones because it's, it's very it's, so it's very unlikely the situation will arise again. If this guy was doing it all the time, uh, it's a one-off, isn't it? And yeah. I, I understand that you would be seething about it, but if if it was likely to happen again, you could buy yourself a tin of these tomatoes, and the next time you eat a meal using them, you could gush about what great tomatoes they are and say, "Do you know what? I have." My whole life I've been looking for the perfect tomato and I think this one brand does it. I love them so much. Yeah. yeah really gush about the tin yeah. tomatoes. Yeah, yeah, guilt him in. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Guilt him into it. Okay, and the next one is from... Oh, we Rosie again. She's been very busy this episode. Same Rosie. Which is very good for us, yeah. Yeah. I'm a bit like Jeff in that I struggle to recognise people. I could just about pick my husband and daughter out from a sea of faces, <laughs> but frankly, even that's touch and go. I generally recognise people by the context and what they wear, etc. Mm. Honestly, the amount of blunders I've had because I just don't recognise someone is terrifying. How do I come back when I've clearly not recognised someone that I really should have? I.e., hi, I'm Rosie, nice to meet you, rather than, hi, Sharon, dear colleague who has worked in the same building as me for many years. How is your set grandmother about whom we have had a long chat just days ago and the like? Also, I assume no one will ever recognise me because I will never recognise them. Same. This is often a problem if I go to a small shop where the shopkeeper is likely to be the same or even someone like a doctor, the local courier and even yourselves who we have bumped into a few times. The situation is niche enough that I'm often able to recognise that I have met them before, especially if I've had a particularly nice or more likely embarrassing encounter. I will always assume the person doesn't remember me because I'm just one customer patient Mm, out mm, of many, but mm. clearly sometimes they do. I feel like my assumption that we have never met makes me come across as cold. Every time we're starting from the beginning, if that makes sense. I suppose this is a real non-issue, but my desire to be liked by everyone is too strong. Mm. Do you have any tips for preventing this from happening and just genuinely being a less awkward person in this regard? Well, I I just go around being warm to... Possibly to the point of seeming needy and a bit weird, I think. So, but I think if you're just warm with it, so every time I go into a shop, for example, and uh, I get to the point where I'm dealing with the person who works there, I'm like, oh, hello, how are you? And, and nice and smiley. And that could be 
how are you, how's your day going? Or it could be, how are you today? Uh, as opposed to the, last yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly, right. yeah. So your method is to treat everyone like you know everyone. Yes. And does that work? Yeah, so, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I'm uncomfortable and I, I don't get it right a lot, you know. Do some people think you're being overly familiar? Because I'm not overly familiar. No, I think I've pitched it just right, yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm telling you, just saying, just looking someone in the eye, like when when you're dealing with saying, hello, big smile, hello, how are you? It's 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 like magic words. Mm, mm, okay. More so than saying, hiya, or you're right, or oh, hello, or anything like that. Just the pause and ha- eye contact, how are you? I don't want to die every time I do it, but that aside. Has there been a time when you felt like your hello should have been more like, hello, someone you've not seen for ages? No, I think you've been too neutral. No, I think I've got just the right hello that I've honed over time. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I could do it from a standing start. I know you're asking me to, but I didn't say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, And I think. With the other thing, I've mentioned this before, I always just assume that I've met people before and and try and talk to them as if I have. I mean, obviously, I can't use a name because I've got no idea who I'm to- talking to most of the time. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I, I would, I, I never say, oh, nice to meet you, just in case. And I think that there should be a thing where no one is allowed So say that you say hello to someone, how are you? And that person knows you've met before. They are not allowed to say, oh, we've met before everyone has to play along right yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. people do that they go yeah. oh no we have met before and then you feel awful that should not be allowed see i sometimes do say that just in case oh it's a preemptive measure no, so you would introduce met- say you you would introduce me to someone and say oh, have you two met before and i'd say I, th- I think maybe oh, it's okay if you say it first but if they if they okay. yeah you can't contradict someone whatever the first person says you have to go along with it. yes yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah whether yeah. you remember it or absolutely not. Yeah. good okay. uh is that, that that all dealt yeah, with? I think so, yeah. Great. our podcast you're right over there yep, yep, yep. you sure yep. just rubbing your eyes i was just i felt a bit tiny a little sleepy bp i'm so tired of sleepy bp do you want to yeah. go up the wooden hill to bedfordshire I do. um then we'll just say thanks to man in the echo for the back of music and to emily harrison for the incidental music carla gowlett for the photos and kim rainey for the artwork and uh what's my favorite line from from this week's podcast from the drifters i think i'll go with uh i'm, I'm sorry i forgot you weren't my husband Hardication time. This comes from Jody Morden. Okay. Don't scowl. I didn't. Okay. I thought you were scowling at me, sort of semi singing again. No, I love a bit of semi singing. Didn't I like semi sing, start semi singing, singing the podication last week and you told me to stop it? Oh, I've got no memory. It was a week ago. How am I supposed to remember that? <laughs> Come on. Jody says Hi, Jeff and Annabelle. I would like to ask about podification. 
Not quite sure how you spell it, but that is my guess. That is a, a variation we see from time to time, isn't it? And I enjoy it. Uh, for my mum, for her birthday on the 26th of November, her name is Teresa and her and my dad both listen to every podcast and have done every week since it began. And before then, listen to the two of you on the radio. Oh, this Teresa, is great. I love it. Salute to you. Um, she's even a Patreon member and has Annabelle's book. I also read it. Thank you. I just want to say there was a compliment, but you crossed it out. Yeah, I mean, I know, but then I also read it. It's like when people sometimes have said to me, like, hey, I've heard you on the radio. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a bit like that, wasn't it? But I knew that was the important okay, thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, I'm 18 and currently in my first year at uni and was hoping to go home for her birthday. However, because of the new lockdown, I now won't be able to see her until Christmas. I was thinking of what to get her and I thought, what better than a potification from you two? If you would be able to do it, that would be great. If not, thanks anyway for giving us something to be to embarrassingly laugh out loud to while she had headphones in, whilst on trains, planes and while she's walking to work and even on sunbeds. By the pool. It's nice, isn't it? To think of somebody uh, sweating whilst listening to this. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, happy birthday, twenty sixth of November. I think one of my friends. I think you share a birthday with one of my friends. Actually, um, I hope it's a good one. Me too. I know it's been a rough year, yeah. but get to see Jody for Christmas. Not not very long now, and yeah. I hope the the birthday is. I, I hope this podification, thoughtful though it is, is the least exciting thing. <laughs> about your birthday Aww. i hope like loads of great things happen and uh you, you have a laugh and if not there'll probably be another one probably in all, all likelihood yeah i mean unless you're like 98 or something i don't think she i get the impression she's not I, uh, yeah i think you seem young yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. like you would have been a gym gym slip mother <laughs> <laughs> she's in her 30s yeah. Yeah. uh right um there we go happy birthday from jody to Teresa. Um, and we'd say a little hello to dad as well. Yeah. While we're at it. No, it's not his day. No. In fact, forget about him. Yeah, not your day. Yeah. Um, send us uh, your, your podcast if you'd like one. It's uh, hello at adriftpodcast.com. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.